Well, good morning and welcome to the Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine and I'm our lead pastor and we're just so honored to have you with us today. It is, uh, we are entering our final week of 21 days of prayer and fasting and uh, if you're new to our church or you're checking us out this morning, twice a year we do these uh, seasons of prayer that are so important to us where we dedicate 21 days to um, pursuing God in prayer more deeply, more consistently. We have uh, a, a kind of a list of things that we, we're asking him for and seeking during those seasons. And um, so if you've been joining us, you're now two weeks into our 21-day fast and 21 days of prayer. And so if you're new and you encountered some grumpy people this morning, they've been fasting for two weeks, give them a little bit of grace. You know, sometimes God does wonders in you and you're hung hangry at the same time. You got a little bit of the hunger grumps. Sometimes maybe they've had no coffee for a couple of weeks, no sugar. You got to give them a little bit of grace this morning. And uh, man, I, I hope that God's been teaching you something that you've been able to uh, lean into the spiritual a little, little bit more these last couple weeks. And as, uh, as you've been joining us, uh, we do a prayer prompting every morning, Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m., either at our Instagram account, at Gather Asheville, or on our website. And uh, on these prayer promptings, we've kind of been steering in a specific direction during this 21 days of prayer. And uh, in the first week, we really just wanted to, to spend the week praising and worshiping God. And I hope that that, 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 was, that that was fulfilling for you to do the thing you were made to do, to praise God. And, and uh, maybe it, it felt a little awkward at first. You didn't really know what to say or, or how to say it. But by the end of the week, you were, you were able to just praise him with your whole heart. And last week, we spent time interceding on behalf of people, praying the, uh, prayers for others other people, and we just really believe that the best thing that we can do for somebody to show up for them and to, to show them value and to care for them is to intercede for them to our maker, the one who can make it happen. And so um, I, I hope that this has been a, a good week of intercessory prayer for you and praying for others. And now as we enter into this final week, it's time to bring God your needs, your, your dreams, your hopes, your, the freedom that you're looking for, the vision that you're looking for, the, the, the awakening that you've been hoping for. It's time. You, you've sent up your praise and your thanksgiving, your prayers of intercession to others. And now, now he, he is just waiting and ready to hear what you want. There's a story in scripture where Jesus is moving in kind of the middle of this big crowd through a town. And this man named Bartimaeus, who is blind, he kind of makes his way to Jesus and it's hard and the disciples are pushing him back. And he finally gets in front of Jesus and Jesus looks at him and he just says, what do you want me to do for you? And that's where he's at. This morning, as we enter into that final week of prayer, he's asking, what do you want me to do for you? And so ask for the miracles, ask, ask for freedom, ask for fresh vision. I, I just believe that, uh, that this next week is going to be a powerful week for you in this time of prayer. And uh, on Friday night, we'll conclude 21 days of prayer with a night of worship. That'll be at 6.30 p.m. at Seacoast Church Asheville campus 
Um, their address is 123 Sweeten Creek Road. We'll be talking about it all week during our prayer promptings, and you can get the information on our website. But man, we would just love for you to join us for that time of worship. It's going to be incredible. Uh, just the people of God coming together to sing his praises and honor him, and it's a great thing. And so we hope to see you for that. Well, today we are in week three of our series, It's time. It's time. It's time. This series is kind of designed to be a wake-up call. This is our line in the sand to say it's a brand new year and it's time to make some real, actual, concrete changes in our lives. The first week, Robbie said that the light is green. He gave us a little beep-beep to let us know, hey, it's time to get moving. The way has been cleared. It's time to go forward. And last week, we talked about choosing joy this year and all the work that it requires sometimes and how it is possible. And that this can be a year of joy in our lives. And today, as we continue our series, um, this maybe is one of the is the most challenging message of the whole series. Every time Jesus would have uh, a lot of people gathering around him, and the crowd would start to grow, he would have these messages to kind of thin it out a little bit, make them a little bit more portable. And it's kind of one of those this morning. Our message is: it's time to surrender. It's time to surrender. I mean, just really surrender. Like give him everything I've got, surrender. Like it's time to stop holding on to something, surrender. It's time to open up the thing I've been clinging tightly to that I didn't know I needed to give up, surrender. I believe we can do it. I believe the changes that we need to make, we can make. I believe that nothing is too hard, nothing is impossible. And and so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. I know when we talk about making big changes, like, like choosing a life of joy or, or choosing to surrender all that we are to God and making those, those choices can be difficult. And, and honestly, that's why a lot of times when we make a New Year's resolution, it just doesn't take very long for us to abandon it and kind of push it off to next year. It's why we start our years a lot of times with high aspirations for what will be different, but we end up the year in the same place we've always been. Henry Ford once said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And, and I think I, I want to encourage you this morning that you can make this change, that it's as simple as waking up every day and making small adjustments and making the choice every day to shift to change our mindsets, to change the disciplines that we have, the habits that we have. And, and we can do these really hard things like surrender our lives to God. Today, I want to talk about what it looks like to surrender every single part of who I am to the one who made me. C.S. Lewis once said, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find someone other than God to make him happy. See, the problem isn't always that we don't allow God into our lives. Maybe you're here this morning because church is something that you value. Maybe you, you try to do things for your physical health, and, and you try to do things for your emotional health, and, and you also try to do things for your spiritual health. And it seems like our culture is always offering more and more answers to the things we want in our spiritual health. And maybe you've tried some of that, and now you're here, and, and you're ready to, to do a little bit of the church thing and try it out and, and, and see what happens. I, I think what happens oftentimes isn't that we don't add God to our lives. It isn't that we don't value. If you're here, it's, it might be because you believe in God and you know you have a need for him. But the question I would ask this morning 
is do you allow God into every single area of your life? Or does he get some of your life, but not everything? See, I think too often we add God to our lives instead of giving him our life. And we wonder why we're not receiving the same fulfillment from church that it seems like others are. Or or we wonder why it seems like it's so easy for somebody else to pray, but it's so difficult for us, or why we can't connect in worship, or or why it's hard to, to really understand everything that the Bible is teaching us, but we're only attempting it once a week or less. See, Jesus doesn't call us to give him Sundays. He tells us that if we want to follow him, we're going to have to pick up our cross daily and follow him. Robbie read a passage in the first week of this series where a man says, Jesus, I want to follow you, but first let me go and take care of my father. Let me go bury my father. And Jesus answers, let the dead bury their own dead. I tell you that whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back isn't fit to come into my kingdom. You see, he doesn't ask us just to, to give him a little bit of ourselves, to try it out here and there, to, to, to attempt this, to, to give him a little peace. He has asked us to surrender every single part of who we are to him. He wants us to offer him ourselves as a living sacrifice. And our enemy has convinced us that if we surrender, we're going to be missing out on something. And we won't get to live the life that we want to live. And so we add church or we add a life group here and there. or We add Jesus to our lives, but we wonder why it still all feels so incomplete. Completely surrendering your life to Jesus isn't going to have you missing out on life. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. To follow him means to step into the purpose of your creation, to be more fulfilled, more satisfied, to get more joy, more peace, more happiness out of life than you could in any other way. You were created to worship the creator of everything. And submitting yourself to that completely isn't going to take something from you. It will allow you to step in to what you were meant for. And it will fulfill you completely. Paul gives us this wake-up call in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14 in the message paraphrase. He says, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. Sometimes we don't surrender all of our lives to God because we just don't have time to. I mean, I want to I wanna go all in on this whole 21 days of prayer, and I want to go all in on giving, getting up early and giving God the first part of my day, and I want to do this thing and, and that thing, but listen, i gotta take the, I got to get the kids ready for school. i got to go to the gym. i got to go to work. i got a project at work. I gotta, my wife's anniversary's coming up. i got to work a few extra hours. i got to come home. i got to make eye contact. i got that show. Listen, I've got to know what's happening in that show. And then I got to go to bed because I got to get my eight hours and I really want to go all in on God, but I'm just having a hard time figuring out where that fits because I got a lot of stuff to do. And we just let the day in, day out of our lives get us distracted from the mission that we've been called to. He says, the night is almost over and the dawn is about to break. So be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing at everything in sight. 
Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. The time is now. It is time for us to surrender our lives to God, to give him everything that we are, because waiting on the other side of that is everything that you were meant for. And so we've got to stop getting distracted. We've got to stop holding on tightly. It is time to surrender who we are and what we are to the one who made us. So here's a few specific ways that we can get started this morning. It's time to take control of my schedule. It's time to take control of my schedule. Too often our schedule has control of us. It's time to flip it around. I talk about the schedule a lot because here's who I am. I am ADHD. Okay, so my life without a lot of discipline and a lot of scheduling is a never-ending list of unfinished tasks. I'm the king of like starting a show and I'll go into like three episodes and then I'm like, I wonder what else is on, you know, and then I've got all my my, my cue on Hulu is a thousand shows long and I ain't going to finish a single one of them because there's more. I got books all stacked up on my my desk at work that I've read the first three chapters and all the time I recommend books to people, but I'm like, listen, the first three chapters of this book are incredible. It's exactly what you need. I can't tell you about the rest of it. You don't even need to worry about it. Just read the first three chapters. I just, I, I've got to have a good schedule in my life in order to get life accomplished well. And I know that, that that's a part of my personality. But I also think if we're going to surrender ourselves to God, we've got to make sure that we surrender our time to him. And so if we're going to do that, it's time to take control of our schedule. If you don't have time to go all in in following Jesus this year, it's because you're trying to get too much done and you're prioritizing the wrong things. We always have time for what we prioritize. I mean, somehow we figure it out. I talked about this in our series, Stressed Out, and I'm just going to talk about it again for a minute because we live in a society of hurry. And I believe that if we're going to surrender our whole lives to the one who made us, if we're going to follow Jesus the way that he's called us to, we've got to take better control of our schedules. If you constantly feel like you don't have time to do the things you want to do, we need to sit down and and do an audit of our schedule. I talk talk about this a lot too. People think I'm crazy. People will come to my office sometimes and ask me to help them uh, get a better schedule. And this is what I'll tell them to do. And they'll be like, never mind. I shouldn't have asked. I'm sorry. (laughs) Take a week. And get a notebook and just write down, give, it, give yourself an hour by hour of how you spent your time for a week. Because if you want to know what your priorities are, show me your calendar, I'll show you what you prioritize. Show me where your time goes, I'll show you what you're investing in. And so if you do that, you might find there are some things that, that are taking too much time. Maybe you got kids and you got one kid in four different sports, you're just playing the field, there's got to be a scholarship in there somewhere, you know. But we got to be honest sometimes. This, listen, they're, they're not gonna, there's not an NBA career in the future. You know? there's not a, they're not going to be a part of the Royal Ballet one day. And so we've got to make some changes into how it's controlling our schedules. There's some soccer moms mad at me right now. I understand. I understand. Maybe uh, we, we need to take a good look at how we're scheduling our entertainment or the things that, that, we, uh, that we commit ourselves to because we need the rest. I believe you need rest. I believe you need margin in your life for rest. But I believe sometimes we make an idol out of rest and we pursue it too much. 
In Ecclesiastes 4, 6, Solomon says, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Sometimes we think that because we have two hands, we need to fill them both up. But, but, but we're filling our schedules with too many things. If you're watching four hours of Netflix every night, but you don't have enough time to pray, there's an easy change to make. If you never miss a UFC fight, but you only made it to three life groups last semester, there's a change you need to make. It's time to take control of your schedule and make sure the most important things are getting scheduled first. I'll give you a starting point. Begin every single day with the first 15. I just believe in the principle of the first. I see it from Genesis to Revelation. God just feels honored and glorified when we give him the first of everything. We give him the first part of our year in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Give him the first part of my finances. And I give him the first of every day. I at least give him my first 15. I do five minutes in worship. Just That's one song. I've got, I've got two songs, that, honestly, that I've just, it's one of those all the time. I never get tired of them. And it just makes me feel like I'm starting in the right posture when I start my day off in praise. And so I just do five minutes of worship. And then I just do five minutes of prayer. Five minutes is not a long time to prayer. If you don't pray, it can feel like an eternity. So why don't you just start by offering prayers of thanksgiving. God, I thank you for the things that were good in my life yesterday. I thank you for the way that you blessed me. God, I thank you for giving me a purpose. Lord, give me wisdom today as I go out into my day. Give me wisdom to make good decisions, to lead people well, to love people well. God, I just ask that you would use me and my purpose today. Give me discernment that my eyes would be able to see choices I can make to better live in my purpose today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's like five minutes right there. You know, I'm just five minutes in worship. I'm five minutes in prayer, five minutes in scripture. That's the easiest one. If you've got an Apple phone, maybe Android, I don't know if they do it or not. I've never seen one. But if you do the app store, you go to the YouVersion Bible app. You, d- you download the YouVersion Bible app. There's 60,000 different reading plans in there. You just pick a Bible reading plan and you read it every day. You can set alarms on it. It'll yell at you. I do this. Sometimes my, my, alarm, I'll, I'll, my alarm will go off. And people are like, what's that alarm on your phone? Like, it's nothing. I'm a pastor. It's not a Bible alarm. It's, it's, uh, it's like, I'm late for something. I had a, a meeting. It's a point. Okay, I didn't read. I got to read my Bible. I got to go. And so listen, it will help you. Life will help you with this. First 15, just take control of your schedule and start to give God what's his. Jeremiah 6, 16 says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. I I think we think that hurry is new to our generation. We think that hurry is new to our culture. This has been one of the enemy's greatest ways to distract us from our purpose since time began. If if we'll take a moment and look at the ancient paths, we talk about margin. We talk about the way that my grandfather got up every single day at 5 a.m. so he could spend a half hour in prayer before doing what he had to do. I just want to look at the paths of the ones who've gone before me. I see what is good and I walk in it. And it will give me rest for my soul. It's time to surrender our schedules to God. Surrender our time to him. It's time. It's time. The next one is it's time to rethink what I allow to enter my mind and my body. I mean, I just think if if there's a hard area for us to release control of, this this is one of the hardest. Our culture wants us to believe that we, we can let whatever we want into our minds, our ears, our eyes, our mouths, 
into our bodies, and it won't affect us. Our culture wants us to believe that we can constantly fill ourselves with something of an opposing worldview and it won't begin to affect ours. I, I was writing this part and I thought, is this one too preachy? And then I remembered I'm a preacher and I don't care. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it, it, here's what I think. I, I think if you immediately start bowing up when I start talking about your HBO subscription, if you immediately start bowing up when I start talking about the music you listen to, then it, it is telling me that there's an area of your life you're not willing to release control of. We need to be willing to release control of what comes into our eyes, our ears, our mouths, what is coming into our hearts through those areas. I, I, I remember... My dad always used to say, garbage in, garbage out. And as a teenager, I just got so frustrated by that. I'm like, Dad, I just want to listen to this Will Smith album. It's awesome. Here come the men in black. I'd get jiggy with it. I just wanted to do it. You know, I just wanted to listen to it. Will Smith is great, Dad. He's wholesome. He's as wholesome as they come. And my dad said, son, garbage in, garbage out. What you let in will come out of you one way or the other. And, I, and as, a, as a parent now, I just... As somebody who is ready to give all of who I am to Jesus, I just appreciate that he was looking after me in that way. I think our culture has tried to minimize the way that what we let in affects us. And here's how I know this is true. Pornhub released a review, a year in review statistics this year. They said they had 49 billion visits to their website last year. 49 billion. It's 8 billion people in the world. That's insane. Meanwhile, secular psychologists are releasing studies almost every single month. Nine published in 2019 in major publications telling us that pornography is destroying our intimacy, it's destroying our ability to connect relationally, and it's destroying our self-image. What you allow in affects who you are. And it is time to surrender this area to God. If that's your struggle, you need to find freedom. We got a freedom group coming and it's for you. You can find freedom in that area. And if it's little things, if it's little things, like just the music that we listen to is derogatory and angry, it might be time to choose something different. I still, I love country music, okay? You listen, if you don't like country music, that's fine. You're entitled to a wrong opinion. I don't mind, <laughs> all right? I love songs about pickup trucks and dogs and all that good stuff, okay? And mama, all right? I love it. But if what I listen to, the scales are tipped in favor of pickup trucks instead of the one who I'm made to worship, something's wrong in my heart. I want to think more about him. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. It may not be sin, but it may still be hurting you. And so it's time to surrender, to surrender, to surrender an area that I think we are very stubborn in. Just because you can eat whatever you want doesn't mean you should always fill your body with junk food. Just because you can drink whatever you want, just because it's not a sin to drink, does not mean that you should. Psalm 141.4, don't let me drift toward evil or take part in acts of wickedness. 
Don't let me share in the delicacies of those who do wrong. It's just too easy to drift when we don't develop discipline around what we allow in. I'm not telling you to shut yourself off to the world. I'm telling you to offer this area of your life up to God, to surrender to him, and see what happens. See what happens when you make changes, small changes, in what comes into your mind and your body. Next, it's time to organize. If you didn't like that one, you're going to hate this one. Get ready. I'm here to make some friends today. It's time to organize my finances around give, save, spend. Oh, I think that this is, this is another one where somebody starts, maybe, maybe you have surrendered so much of your life to God. You've changed the way that you, you watch TV. You've changed the music you listen to. You've given him your time. You're, you're in prayer. You're doing all of those things, but you're still holding tightly onto your finances. God, I surrender all of me to you except for my money, God, okay? Except for my security, except for my provision, except for my future and the future that I have planned for my family. God, I can't give those things to you. I believe you're blessing me through it. Thank you, but I'm going to hold on tightly to what I do with it. It's time. It's time to surrender. It's time to surrender this sensitive area of our lives. Part of surrendering our whole life to God is surrendering our finances to him. In fact, the Bible talks more about how we should manage our money than any other specific topic. And I believe that's because nothing is in greater competition for you spiritually than money. We believe money brings us safety and security and freedom and peace. The reality is it offers fake versions of those things, and the real deal can only come from God. Yet over and over again, we pursue money more than we pursue relationship with him. And so as a result, we just stay stressed out about this area. We just talked about this in our series, Stressed Out, so I'll keep it short here. It says in, in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all of this will be added unto you. I just believe in the principle of first. He gets the first. Matthew 6.21 says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever your money goes, your heart just tends to follow it. And so I just want to make sure that for me in my life, that, that the first place where my heart is going isn't a house payment, isn't a car payment, isn't some planning for the future, that it isn't the accumulation of things or stuff. I, I want to make sure that this part of my life is something that makes a difference. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit the first fruit of all your crops. This time this year to structure our finances biblically, to give, to save, to spend. When Rael and I got married, I, I remember I had so much trouble with surrendering everything in my life to God. I still do because I'm a stubborn person. Anybody who knows me well is like nodding their heads and holding back an amen. I'm stubborn. And, and I'm stubborn, and I didn't want to release these things. And, and I got married to Rael, who is a very naturally disciplined person. And we got married, and we combined our finances. Because, and, and so we combine our finances now. We're married, and Rael's looking through it. And she said, hey, where's, the, where, which, where's, where's your tithe? Where, what, what are you giving the tithe out of? And I said, the what now? The who now? The why now? She said, the tithe to the church. And I said, honey, 
Have you seen the amount of money in that account? That has to feed two people now. Zero, two. That's two. We can't do this giving money to, listen, I'm going to give God my money by, by feeding me. I'm God's creation. That's a good donation. Okay? Listen, I got to, listen, we got we to be wise about this. I'm broke. <laughs> and and Rail, this is who she is. She said, no, we're going to structure our money like this. We're going to give, we're going to save, we're going to spend. And I said, yes, ma'am. And so we, we, we went straight from zero to 10%, which is hard. It was, we didn't even have, we couldn't afford a car payment at this time. I drove, I drove this old busted up Jeep that was made out of Duralast parts from AutoZone. But we gave 10% first. And then we saved 10%. We lived on 80%. And we have done that ever since. And I will tell you that before we got married, the number one stress in my life was money. The thing I thought about the most was money. The thing that I obsessed over the most was how to get more money. And since we made that change, it has just been at the bottom of my list. Just at the bottom. And this is a long time before we came into ministry. This isn't a personal thing. For, this isn't a, uh, uh, I'm not trying to win here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to offer you something that has blessed and changed me. It's time to surrender your finances to him. It's time. It's time to live intentionally, intentionally, on purpose. If you don't develop discipline and, intention and, and start to live your life intentionally, life is going to just happen to you. If you want to live the way that you were made to live and surrender all of yourself to Jesus instead of just adding him to your life, you are going to have to start living intentionally. I do a word for the year every year. I think it's silly and ridiculous. It's not in the Bible. There's, no, there's nothing that says you got to do this and God will bless that word. It's not in there, okay? But I believe in it and I do it every year and I always do it and I love it, okay? So that's where I'm at. And so um, last year, my word was grow, and God gave, allowed me to, to walk through a ton of horrible seasons and challenges and trials, and I grew more than I have in a long time, and I ain't never doing that word again. <laughs> this year, my word is blessing. Come on, somebody. No. <laughs> again. No. This year, my word is intention. Like, I want to be more intentional as a person all the time. Like, I want to parent more intentionally. I don't want to accidentally parent my kids anymore. I want to be a marriage that is intentional. I want to intentionally love my wife. I want to lead intentionally, manage a staff intentionally, pastor intentionally, care for people's souls intentionally. I want to be an intentional friend. I've always had friends that were intentional friends, so I've been able to be a real just kind of go-with-it friend. Like, I ain't never going to call you friend, but if you call me, there's a six. 40 chance I might answer, and you can decide where the, where the percentages go, all right? And that's, and, and I just, you know, I, I've learned that, that I need to care for people better by being a better, more intentional friend. So this year is the year of intention in my life. And I was thinking about this message and all the ways that it's difficult for us to surrender our lives to God because we get so stubborn. And I just, I know that it's not going to happen for us no matter how much we want a uh, Oh, want to surrender all of ourselves to him unless we put some intention into it. Discipline. I mean, real discipline. We start to develop spiritual disciplines. We start to put together a plan in order to get to where we want to be. Proverbs 24 says, sluggards don't plow in the season. And so at harvest time, they look, but they find nothing. 
if we desire change in our lives, if we really want to surrender who we are to Him, but we don't make a plan to execute, then another year is going to end and we're going to look and see that we're right where we were in the beginning. We've got to, we've got to put some discipline into this change. I think we think sometimes we can have a casual approach to following Jesus and we'll just grow closer to Him by occasionally attending church and saying yes to a church event here and there, but it just doesn't work like that. You've got to develop discipline. We need spiritual disciplines. A prayer life isn't going to develop unless we're being very intentional about it. Pray every day. Grab a prayer guide from our information center. They're free on your way out today. And use it as a structure to begin a new prayer life. Pick a plan on your Bible app. Read it every day. Go buy a study Bible if you like paper still. If you're not concerned about paper cuts, which have almost been eradicated in today's culture, we should celebrate that more. Do whatever you need to do to start making changes. Develop some disciplines. Be intentional about loving people well. Have intentional conversations. Be intentional about making a difference in somebody's life because Psalm 90.12 says, Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should. It's so important for us to take a look at the whole of our lives on the scale of eternity. When we just allow our lives to schedule us and we go to work and we go to events and we hang out, we watch Netflix, and it becomes the bulk of our lives. When we give all of our time to earning more money or more position or power, whatever it is, we're being short-sighted to what really matters. One day, I'm going to stare face to face. I'm going to stand before Jesus. Stand right in front of him and give him an account for my life. And then we're going to walk through every detail. And when I have that conversation, I want to be confident that I lived my life fully surrendered to God, that I ordered my days with the main thing in focus, that I was intentional, that I made a difference in the purpose I was created with. And so here's three quick principles as we close today to help with this. Number one, if you want to surrender your life to God, if you're ready, if you're ready to, give, to go all in and, and say it's time I'm ready, then, then you've got to know your purpose. If I'm going to do this, I must know my purpose. You were created with a purpose. I know I preached this last week. I know I preach it all the time. Guess what? I'm going to preach it till I'm blue in the face because you were made with a job to do. You were created with gifts and passions and dreams and desires. And the reason is your Father in heaven wanted to see great things done in you and through you. He gave you a purpose, a job to do. It says in his word in Psalm 139, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. He's got a dream for your life. And if you want to give yourself completely to him, if you really want to be able to surrender, it's going to be very difficult if you're wandering around aimlessly, not really sure what it is he's put you here to do. But the moment it clicks in, you discover your why. You know why he's put you on this earth, what he's called you to do, what, he's, what your purpose is. And then giving him everything you've got is just obvious. 
It's like, of course I want to surrender myself to you, God, because I know that on the other side of that is greater fulfillment and satisfaction and peace than I've ever felt before. You need to discover your purpose and start living fully surrendered in it. If you haven't been to Growth Track, go. we just have tried so hard to make your next steps as easy as possible. We believe that's the role of the church, to help you take easy next steps. And so the Growth Track is a great place if you have questions about who we are, you're wondering what your next step is. It's a good place for that, but it is an awesome place to start the journey of discovering your purpose. He has a purpose for you. And so Growth Track is after both services at 10.30, 12.30. There's child care provided. Go to Growth Track. Discover your purpose and begin to live in it. Second, I must have a plan. Here's how you be intentional. You get a plan together. You start to build a strategy. I like to give a challenge here at the gathering. To go all in for a year. To fully surrender your life for a whole year. To go to church every Sunday. To to go to a life group and to commit to a life group and go every single time they meet, to rearrange your life for it. Lead one if you need to. Join the dream team. Serve every Sunday. Worship, pray, read your Bible every single day. Do everything that we ask for you to do. Give us a year. Real life change never, never comes quickly. It takes time. Give us a year. Give us a year. And if you give us a year, and you really go all in and you surrender and you go all in, at the end of that year, your life will be completely changed. You'll have greater peace, greater joy, greater satisfaction than you have ever had before. Just try it and see. But if you're going to do any of that, you can't just say yes and then wake up and expect it to happen. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a strategy Proverbs 17, 24 says, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. If you want to be wise, you need to make a plan. If you want to go all in and give your life completely over to God, go home, get a notebook, and write down a plan. A plan to give him your schedule, a plan to give him your finances, a plan to give him what you put in your mind and your body, and a plan to be intentional. Decide how to apply that directly to your life. I know how it usually goes. We sit, we listen to a sermon. We feel challenged or convicted. We think, yes, I'm gonna do that. Yes, God, amen, I'm gonna do that. That's how I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna surrender. We go to lunch and all of that good intention disappears over a basket of chips at Papa's and beer. I know how it works. You get to the bottom of that bowl of bean dip, you can't even remember where you started that morning off. Don't let that happen today. Be intentional. Make a plan. Make a plan. Step by step. Here's, here's what I need to do to, to surrender my time. Here's, here's what I need to do to surrender my, what I allow into me. Here, here's what I need to do to surrender my finances. Here's what I need to do to start loving people intentionally. Here's my plan, and I'm going to go after it, and I'm going to do it this year. I believe God will bless you in ways that you've never been blessed before. And here's the key. Here's one more thing to help you. Number three, I must have accountability. Sometimes we get it in our heads that we can live fully surrendered to God outside the context of the local church. I just don't think it works that way. I think that the scripture makes that clear. 
that over and over again we're told about how we need each other to grow, how we need each other to pray for one another, how we need to worship together, what it looks like to, to build up leaders and other people and care for them and invest in them and all. We just, and we need accountability. We need somebody to go in this journey with us. It's just too hard to do it on my own. I've got so many good intentions, but without a brother linked in arms with me saying, hey, how can I help you move forward towards your goals today? How can I help you surrender this area of your life today? Hey, man, what are you having a hard time letting go of? How can I pray for you? I need that. We all need that. Ephesians 4, 9 and 10 says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We need accountability if we're going to succeed in this. Don't fall alone. Lead a life group. Be a, we're about to start life groups. At least join one. Rearrange your life for it. Commit to it. Go when you're tired. Go when you're grumpy. Go when you have a fever. No, I'm just kidding. Don't go when you have a fever. But commit and be there and allow some accountability into your life. I just think it's time for us to surrender, to make God at the very center of our lives, to give him all that we are, to answer the call that Jesus gave, and to follow him with all that we to not look back, to not keep thinking, I, I like all of this that God is doing for me, but I also like some parts of my life as it was, and I'm just going to try to do it all, but you can't do it all. It's either this or that. It's one or the other. If you just keep trying to, to, to follow Jesus with your fist closed tightly around some area of your life, it's always going to feel like it's not enough. You're going to feel frustrated and incomplete. You're going to bounce from one church to the next and just say, I don't know what. I just wasn't being fed there. I don't know why I couldn't connect. I don't know what it was. They just didn't speak to me in that place. No, what's happening is we're holding on too tightly to areas of our lives. It's time for us to surrender. It's time to let it go. And it's time to say, this is the year, this is the month, this is the week, this is the day that I give parts of myself over to him that I've never been willing to release before. And so let's pray this morning and do a little differently. If you're in here today, and maybe you have been following Jesus, but you've added him to your life, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, you just didn't know you needed to release this thing or that thing. If that's you this morning, then let me just tell you, you can let it go. You can surrender. It's time. Let's say this prayer together. Let's make this commitment together. Heavenly Father, I just surrender myself to you today, God. I give you all that I am, Lord. I, I, forgive me for holding back. Forgive me for holding on. God, I don't want to try to do this a little bit on my own anymore. I want to be who you made me to be. I want to go where you've called me to go. Do what you've created me to do. And so, God, I surrender this area of my life to you. I surrender everything that I am to follow you. I am yours. Every gift that I have, God, use it to bring you glory, God. Everything that I do from this moment forward, may it honor you. Father, I just ask God that you would just take this offering, me, all that I am, everything that I am, and just make it yours. I surrender myself to you today. I give you all that I am. I release that that I've been holding on to. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.